So when I was trapped, when I was feeling trapped, I wasn't feeling like I was worthy. And now that I'm feeling like I've got a measure of control, sure, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not as good at all the things as I want to be. I haven't achieved the level of success that I want to achieve yet. That's okay because I'm making my way and I'm making peace when my way stalls. Welcome to the 50th episode of the Leader Rising Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Paul Carvanis. If you want to live with passion in your life, if you want to love what you do, if you want to love your life, if you want to love the people around you, if you want to love how you're showing up, you're in the right place. So this is episode 50. That's a half century mark. Before I get into the actual episode, I just want to give myself a little pat on the back for making it this far with all the bumps and bruises and scrapes along the way. And I want to give you a big round of applause. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for talking to me about this when we connect. Um, Thank you for, frankly, inspiring the continuation of the show. A buddy messaged me recently. He asked, How do you reconcile, yes, I'm flawed and I need to be better at lots of things, with I'm great and I'm worthy of all the love and success that I need? Like, what if I'm not? I find this super interesting, and I actually sat with the question for a little bit. I thought almost immediately upon reading this, oh, this is neat. This could make a good podcast episode. And I wanted to sit with it for a little bit to let it percolate before before I brought it to all of you. Truthfully. I'm not totally sure what the answer is, but I have some thoughts. First of all, I think it's a great question, right? We're constantly talking about balance, balancing staying in the present versus balancing getting things done for the future, right? I find that a lot of lawyers focus a lot on the future. Um, There are some people that focus almost exclusively on the present, and there are a ton of people in between. The subversive part of this question is actually, I think, the last part where he says, like, what if I'm not? Because I get it. You know, I've had that exact same thought. Well, hey, you know, I guess part of it is let's hedge our bets. What if I'm not great and worthy of all the love and success that I need? So instead, let me just get better at lots of things until I get to be great. The other parallel I'm seeing is to some of the earlier things I've been talking about, how when you're looking to be happier in your life, there's actually two levers to pull on. There's the reality lever, and then there's the perspective lever. Now, we in our society try so much to pull on the reality lever. Let's get the things that we think will make us happy. Let's get the nicer job, the bigger house, the nicer car, the the pay raise, all of that stuff. And there are a lot of spiritual teachers that I understand who preach largely the second thing, which is pull on your perspective lever. Feel good about yourself. Feel good about life. I personally happen to like the approach of pulling on both. And and this is really an, an idiosyncratic solution for me that I want to offer to you because I do think it would be enough to just pull on the perspective because then you'd become happy in life. 
Like if that's the goal to be happy in life, you do it just by pulling on the second lever. So why is that not enough? I guess for me, I think it's not enough because life is awesome. There are so many awesome things out there. I actually have a lot of interest and a lot of passion and I almost never get bored because there's so much I can do, so much I want to do. I almost have the opposite problem where I load myself up with cool things to do and then find that I don't have actually any time to do them, to decompress, to spend time with family. I get too focused on on the goal and on the doing, right? So I, I tend to lean too far into the reality lever, into trying to get better at lots of things, simply because I know that it can be better. Life is so cool, so let me try and do more of it. But I don't think it needs to be an either or. One of the other reasons I just paused, which you won't hear because it'll get fixed in post, but the question reflects this underlying belief that you can only be worthy of all the love and success that you need if you are great at a lot of things. As in, if you're not great, then you're not actually worthy of love and success. If you're just average, then you're not actually worthy of love and success. That's the foundation of this question. And the question of your lifetime is, how do you feel worthy of love and success, regardless of how good you are at something? I think some of us received a lot of love as kids, and others received conditional love. You were loved and appreciated when you brought home good grades. Or you were loved and appreciated as long as you didn't talk back and you kept quiet. Or you were never loved and appreciated, but at least you got attention when you acted out. So there may be some programming from back then. So I guess I answer the question by saying, no. (laughs) How do you reconcile this with this? No, you don't, because I don't think you should be reconciling it. You shouldn't be needing to feel great in order to feel worthy of all the love and success that you need. Ideally, we always feel worthy of it. That can be hard to do. I know that probably better than most. I've been trying to achieve for all of my adult life and most of my non-adult life in order to allow myself to feel worthy. You guys won't hear it because it'll have gotten fixed in post, but there was a big pause here as I just sat with it. Why do I feel more worthy now than I did a few years ago? And and I wish I could tell you. I, I don't know that my answer would help you specifically because I imagine we all have our own journey. But I will tell you that I do feel more worthy than I used to. And that is proof, at least, that you can too. I wonder if it's connected to the amount of control I feel over my life. So when I was trapped, when I was feeling trapped, I wasn't feeling like I was worthy. And now that I'm feeling like I've got a measure of control, sure, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not as good at all the things as I want to be. I haven't achieved the level of success that I want to achieve yet. That's okay because I'm making my way and I'm making peace when my way stalls. Learning how to say no. It's almost like Marie Kondoing your thoughts. One of the really subversive parts is that there is often a part of us that thinks I'm only so good because I cut myself down. I am only so good because I'm hard on myself, and that drives me to get better and do more. And I think we assume correlation with causation. I'm hard on myself, and I've done well, 
they must be connected. I wonder, though, if that's not true. And I suspect it's not true. I wonder if, in fact, you are as good as you are despite being so hard on yourself. And if you were to stop being so hard on yourself, what maybe you could then achieve. And I think that a lot of us are worried in that situation. It's like, well, if I stop being so hard on myself, I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z. And I think what that is there is a great trailhead. That's the start of a trail for you to walk, to see something beautiful and to learn something about yourself. Because if you wouldn't do that thing, well, why not? Is it because truly it doesn't matter to you and you're only doing it because you think it's supposed to matter? Or is there something else you're afraid of doing and it's easier to just do this thing than buck up and do the thing you really want but are too petrified of? I don't know. So I was introduced to IFS when Tim Ferriss interviewed Richard Swartz on Tim Ferriss's podcast. And in that episode, Ferriss quotes Carl Rogers to say, the curious paradox is that when I accept myself just as I am, then I can change. And Schwartz responds, radical acceptance is a great first step. But then rather than being a passive witness, you become an active leader to your inner parts that are hurting. So certainly Carl Rogers would agree, at least as I read that quote, with chasing the feeling of worth for the love and success that you need first. Because only then does change come. Of course, if you feel if you feel like you're already worthy of the love and the, and the success, then the change ceases to be a have to. You no longer need it to feel love. You no longer need it to feel success. Now, the change now becomes something that you want to do. You want to do it for someone else. You want to do it for the people around you. And the way I read Schwartz's comment about radical acceptance being a great first step, but then rather than being a passive witness, you become an active leader to your inner parts that are hurting. I sort of see as pulling on both the levers. You got to pull on that second lever to radically accept who you are, but then pull on that first lever to improve your lot in life, improve your situation, become kinder, more generous, more thoughtful, become a better influence on the people around you, become a better model for your children. It's a spectrum and there's no shame in where you are. You are trying your best and that is amazing. And no, one, that you can do better. And the two, it might actually be easier to do better. Be easier on yourself, easier on the people around you. Maybe you're simply trying too hard because you're chasing it as a precondition of feeling worthy of love and success. So thanks for joining today on this, our half-century episode. May we enjoy the next half-century together. And hopefully at episode 100, and raise a little toast to ourselves. If you got anything you want me to think through and discuss on the podcast, please send it to me, paul at carvanis.com. And otherwise, dream big and live bigger. Peace be well. <laughs>